Hello, welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. I speak with John Shields, head coach of the Centerville High School Wildcat football team. Before we jump in, I want to thank John for his support of TFA Soft Skills and for giving us the opportunity to become part of the Wildcat family. We've provided communication workshops for the team for several years, and the connection between successful performance, no matter what you're doing, and great communication is undeniable. So what does a day in the life of a head coach look like? What is John's coaching philosophy? What is it like to coach your own kids? And what's the relationship between football and other sports at Seville? And lastly, and certainly not least, what advice would John give to young John? Listen in to find out. You don't want to miss this episode. so excited to be here. Uh, you're a good liar. It's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm not lying. This is awesome. No, I'm so excited. Doug Yule gets to do this, then I get to do this. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, I, I, had to li- I had to listen to it, so it's only fair. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, so I, I'm so excited to talk with you, and I really appreciate your time. I know you are a busy, busy man, and my first question for you is around the off season. And then I thought, gosh, is there really an off season for you? I, I think you mm-hmm. probably have a 24 seven year round position, but you are the head coach of Centerville. So, and I'm talking with John Shields. And so maybe we could just start there. Like, tell me, you know, in the off season, what are some of the things that you're doing that people may be surprised to learn? You know, they think, oh, the season's over. He's just kicking back and <laughs> sipping my ties. <laughs> yeah, now um, that's a great question. I, I don't know that we're doing anything earth shattering. I will tell you how it's evolved, though, to keep um, not trying to be funny, but to try to keep your sanity as a head coach, because yeah. we are all a little OCD. We're creatures of habit, all that type of stuff. Um, I actually have a calendar next to me. Uh, We started at the end of January trying to give coaches and players a break, right? So Mm. we finished, uh, you know, unfortunately, we we don't use the L word, but we ran out of time on Thanksgiving, Saturday. And then so we basically got through Christmas break and and through January. And we started Tuesday, uh, basically was February, but Tuesday, January 31st. And what I've done in, in, I can't believe it's 18 years in high school now, but uh, wow. to keep everyone sane, right? And we don't get paid in the off season. So it's Tuesday, Thursday from 3.15 to 5 is kind of where we work out. And within that, you know, the kids at Centerville are extremely lucky um, with the coaches that I have on staff. Most of them are certified in strength and conditioning and some type of stuff. Matt Frank is now running it, but Tyler Anderson is still kind of behind the, the scene. And Josh Culver runs all of the speed and agility. So we just we kind of do that from 315 to to four, four oh five-ish. And then those kids that are in personal fitness, right? You can take weight training in high school, ninth graders can't, but those kids get to leave because they have it during the day. And then ninth graders or tenth graders that don't have personal fitness, they stay with us and lift till five. So we've been off the only week we've been off so far is spring break. Um, but it's Tuesday, Thursday. So you can still yeah. work all your orthodontist appointments and all the kids, right? And that type of stuff. So the bond. And the the season really starts again. I'm looking at it was January 31st. You know, that's when 
you really start to kind of see who's going to show up a little bit. And kids have come and gone, but there has been a consistent amount of kids, which has been good. Yeah. And then we go into the summer. That rolls right into the summer. I don't stop. The, the days aren't different. We still go Tuesday to Thursday, but because of the heat, yeah. we go from 8 in the morning. And now the freshmen can come. The rising for the kids from Liberty or even Rocky Run, they come from 8 to 9, and then they're running, and then they live from 9 to 10. So we're all together on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, because how it started, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, right? And then like 10 kids show up. Each, and then as a coach, you're like, first of all, I'm burning out my coaches, yeah. right? And they're not getting paid. And you're burning the head. I mean, I was losing my mind early on coming from college. I'm like, these kids don't work out. You know, like not everyone shows up. And there's so many outside influences in high school. Yeah. And it's just to be consistent and to have everyone kind of stay sane. Mm-hmm. It's been really good for us to do a Tuesday, Thursday, and the kids know. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, there's such interest, right? I feel like it seems to me anyway, from the outside, like it's such a well-developed program. It seems like there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of great talent that's always coming in. So that's got to be fun for you in terms of that turnover. I mean, maybe at some years it's harder to let go of some of the players than yeah. others, I'm guessing. But just yeah. that that nature of kind of breeding new talent and kind of seeing fresh stuff. I mean, that's got to kind of keep it exciting for sure. Yeah, it's, um, you know, as a, as a player, you get natural highs playing, doing stuff like that. As coaches, we get into it because we still love it, right? And that is the game and the game plan. Even in the offseason, you're like, oh, is so-and-so coming back out? Or what is he going to play next year? Oh, man, we, you know, we have all these kids playing this. Was, you know, you start to believe it or not, like a little depth chart to kind of figure out. Yeah. Um, it never really ends in my mind races all the time anyway. So, yeah, so that part is very true, what you said. It's pretty cool. You kind of see who's coming back and who wants to play where. And you see who's committed because the weight room is not fun, right? So you kind of see <laughs> who – there's a lot of people that love Twitter, right, and want to talk about how hard they're working. And then we can either, we can either prove them right or prove them wrong, right, depending on – You know what's so interesting, and I don't know if you think this is true or not or what your observations are, but I with with COVID, my oldest, who I think you know, you know Luke pretty well, but he got so into lifting. Like all these boys that that maybe were lifting is such a part of football, like he was a different athlete, he played soccer, but a lot of these kids during COVID, like these high school, you know, I don't know about the girls, but guys, you know, it was kind of their way to like bond and to stay active and fit. And so are you seeing... Like just in terms of maybe this is not a huge stereotype, but are you seeing kids coming in or they're just what more develop? It seems to be like an it thing right now to be lifting and to be bigger and swollen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, certainly um, it is what you said. There's there's an intimidation factor for if you take a non-athlete that takes PFIT or somebody like that. You know, they get in there and like, oh, my God, I can only bench the bar or whatever, blah, blah. But then it is. You, you know, I, I talked about that natural kind of high. They yeah. get in there and they are looking a little bit different. There's mirrors all around the yeah. weight room, right? So they kind of see themselves, right? And then their their shirts get shorter and shorter, right? That type of stuff. But And then an athlete gets in there and then he or she, and again, I just typically see the males more, right? Yeah. Um, they just, their bodies change. And yeah, you know, I'd like to think it's an evolving thing with athletics in general, but maybe yeah. COVID did kind of spark that. I know COVID, the only way to bond, um, and we did it outside, we adjusted and we never stopped. I didn't let COVID say, if we were outside in the county, let us wear the masks and doing all that stuff because it was hard for those guys to kind of like each other because they didn't know each other, right? Yeah. This This last group coming up, they had a chance. And then really the 10th graders that we have, there's a ton of them. And they were in the weight room yesterday and they kind of have, they have a pretty good bond 
Um, and it is coming through the, the yeah. weight room, yeah. you know, so yeah. it, it is true. It does. So the weight room can help you be a better, if we're just talking football, right? Yes. Shop, yes. Can help you be a better football player. It doesn't make you a good football player though. Do you know what I mean? So the chemistry is so important more so than if you can bench 500 pounds, you know, it's just about getting in there, building, you know, the character, the, the discipline, right? I just did. That's, we, we spent a lot of money. You know, Justin School has has given us yeah. money. Um, we match it with a touchdown club. You know, he needs to get a shout out, right? But we've put yeah. a lot of, you know, we have our, our, our power cat on the bumper weights. And uh, uh, Laura Palmer is our department chair, and she spends a lot of money in the weight room. She knows how important it is for all of us. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been good to see. And you're dead on. The, the kids just see it, the boys especially. They see their bodies change and all of a sudden they get a little more, they need to become more confident. Yeah. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Like in terms of just, it's good for you. It's like, it's a, it's a way to invest in yourself and that, and it, it can increase your performance. But I think generally like these habits, you build them now, hopefully they'll serve you later when you're not as active in sports and you (laughs) old people like us that need to stay fit. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your coaching philosophy. Like, is there something that, I mean, obviously do you have a framework or a foundation that you work from generally and that everything sort of draws from that? Does it change? Well, certainly with what you do offensively and defensively depends on your personnel and what you have. But no, I mean, philosophically, you just talk football. Yeah. Um, I want to play great defense. I want to be great on special teams and and not turn the ball over. So some would say, which I am a defensive minded head coach, but I also want to put pressure on the defense, right? So spreading people out, doing those types of things, which we're going to do. I mean, we're going to, we're going to morph into that, but in high school, you also have to, like, you have to be able to be flexible because you can't just keep sticking the same offense in with some of the kids, like where we are here, we probably have, although we've got some big kids, but we are probably more skill oriented than we are big kids. Right. Mm -hmm. So but philosophically, I'm always going to kind of stick by being great on defense, special teams, and and, and don't turn the ball over on offense. Um, but I do want to always evolve offensively. And I think, you know, we're doing, we've been doing different things. Um, some would say we did all because we ran the ball, but we have an all met running back and, and um, you know, all that type of stuff. And, and uh, he's been awesome for us for two years and he's now going on to play college football. So that's just kind of how that morphed into that. You know, when it deals my philosophy with the coaches, I just also... I want to coach coaches, so I'm not coordinating this year or doing that type of stuff. I'm kind of taking more of maybe a general manager Mm -hmm. role. But to me, these players, again, are surrounded by by men that are educators, that are fathers, that have been through a lot, um, have kids in and out of high school, gone, in college, whatever. Um, And then you have the young guys that are the cool guys, right? Um, So as long as I can make them better as men and as coaches, that's kind of philosophically from the head coaching side Mm -hmm. of it. That's what I want to do. I want to coach coaches and make them move on from here. Like I would take, I would be, I'd be so prideful like a dad, right? If someone got a head job from here, um, you know, it would mean a lot to me, you know, that I'm doing things. We are doing things the right way and people want to come after the assistants that are here. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your path. Like, have you always wanted to be a coach? Did you, is it something that, you kind um, of was a goalpost for you. Like, tell me a little bit about your journey. Cause I'm always at Pat. I'm so fo- it, uh, curious about how people navigate and get to where they are. 
<laughs> Everyone's got a story, right? Yes. Um, so, uh, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I was a sports management major at Virginia Tech. Um, it's probably how I survived to stay in school. Um, and I thought I was going to get into maybe the general manager side or whatever. I had an internship with a baseball team in Salem. They were the Colorado Avalanche's single A team. Then I had one of my coaches uh, involved in the Canadian Football League. So the CFL had a team in Baltimore in the 90s, or like one year or whatever. <clears throat> so I actually interned with them. But then at that same time, I had a friend who's Pete Bendorf, and he was the head coach at Oakton at the time. And he's like, why don't you just come over and coach the quarterbacks and receivers? I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I can deal with high school kids, right? So I, I took that job, and then I was working in Baltimore in the CFL. That team collapsed and folded and went to Montreal. They're now the Alouettes. They've been the Alouettes since 96. Got a chance to go live in Canada, help with the GM, and then also help on the defensive line. So I kind of got some professional experience. And then I moved. Then uh, Fordham was my first job. Okay. Uh, so I kind of got into coaching that way from high school to the CFL. And then I lived in the Bronx for about a year and a half. I was single at that time um, and coached the tight ends at Fordham. So it just kind of evolved from there. And then I went back to Virginia Tech and then Duke and then Illinois State, where I have three boys, where two of the boys were born. Then I was at Hampton Sydney, which is a D3 school here in Virginia. Yeah. Then Elon, then VMI for about three weeks. So it just kind of evolved that way. And then we just... Uh, my wife and I call it a come to Jesus. Um, so my youngest is Will. Will was not born at this point, but uh, Pete had then taken the job at South County for a year to just open. South County was the new school at that time. And uh, we just made a decision to get out of college coaching. And then I got into South County, then, then spent almost 10 years at the other school that we don't mention. Mm -hmm. um, and then got the head job in, uh, got the head job in 2019 here. How does so. it feel? I'm sure there's maybe pros and cons to both. How does it feel having your prior experience in college athletics and then working with high school athletes? And from a kind of reward and fulfillment perspective, I'm curious if the feeling is the same. Does it does it feel, you know, developmentally, there's a lot that needs to happen with both those groups of people. <laughs> so right. how does it, how does that, What's the difference maybe on the fulfillment well, factor? Yeah, you have to change because, you know, the 18 to 22 year old that you're dealing with in college is pretty much there. You've recruited him. You've gotten him there. He, for the most part, I'm not saying he always did, but he, you know, that he stayed because he loved football, but they love football. They're there. They know how hard it's going to be. They know how tough it's going to be. The grit you need to kind of, you know, stay with it. High school kids is different because, and you have to change as a guy. I had to change. I mean, I was pretty... I, it took me a while to change to South County. I spent four seasons there and, you know, I couldn't understand, you know, going back to the workouts and all that type of stuff, how kids don't show up every day, you know, and this and that, but um, you have to adapt, right? It's kind of like, you know, that's what you do, right? You have to adapt or you die, so to speak. So I had to adapt and the high school kid, oh my God, the 15 year old or 14 and change that enters high school to an 18 year old, it is, I mean, they don't know how to tie their shoes, put equipment on, you know, there's just, so you literally are going from maybe one of the better athletes in the state that you've recruited when I was at the scholarship level, right, to a, a kid that literally, he'll put his jersey on backwards. You know, like he doesn't know anything, right? So um, you basically, you don't lower your expectations. I tell the kids all the time, you're always going to come to mine. I'm not coming to yours. Um, but you also have to adapt and say, all right, look, we're throwing too much at these kids. These kids you know, do have to go home. They do spend all day in school. You know, college is a little bit harder academically, but they're not in school all day, right? right. You get them in meetings and, you know, it's hard, right? The kids are here by 7.45, 8 o'clock. 
and then they're in school all day, right? They don't really get to mess around. And then you want to have long meetings and then practice. Hell, they, you could come here till eight o'clock if you wanted. And, and that's terrible. You know, yeah. you get to miss returns there. So I just had to adapt my mentality. You know, you can't put in as much. You can't cover as much. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Adjust. And, uh, and then I also think though, then you get, when you see that kind of 14 to 18, how much they transform and change. Yeah, their bodies. Just, it's amazing. And then just even their maturity. Yeah. Um, that's got to feel pretty amazing that you're having that kind of impact, you know, on their development and growth in terms of how they're forming into humans and that you have this opportunity. I, I think it's so interesting through sports. I love sports. I've had a lot of coaches on here on my, because I just, you know, I think there's so much that you learn about life. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before and just, um, you know, you probably don't think about it in the context of your life because you're doing what you're doing but the legacy that you have of being a coach and all if you think about all these people that you've been able to impact or touch in a way it's pretty amazing uh in terms of that mm -hmm. kind of that you're like shaping literally shaping people and how they how they move through your life so it's, it's pretty cool mm -hmm. what about um you mentioned your three boys so i think some of your kids have played for you right so how does how does that work? Is that a super complicated dynamic? And and how do you manage that? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this that have, whether they're kind of high school, college, or even just community level coaches, right, that are coaching their own kids all the time. So what is that like? And, and, and sort of on the stage that you're at, right? Because it's a pretty, uh, football is, uh, we, before you hopped on, we were saying people feel a way about football. Like everybody, like it's, it's a great thing because there's a lot of support and energy and it seems like you're packed stadium, you know? But I'm sure there's some other sides to that that are kind of <laughs> stressful. So how yeah. is it being a coach to your kids? Well, any advice to the coaches out there, if they want to do it, uh, make sure their kid is like a guard or a center or a tackle, all right? Don't uh, don't make them a quarterback, uh, for sure. Um, good thing the youngest is another quarterback coming up. So it's, uh, it is hard. Uh, the hardest thing I've had to do that I have struggled with, it's just not my DNA, is to turn it off when I go home. And uh, because the, you know, I don't want to do this to not be successful, right? So you strive for excellence all the time. You're never going to reach it. But so sometimes when I'm, when I certainly when I was home with my oldest, uh, who is a quarterback, it, 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 uh, it didn't always go so well. My wife had to kind of separate us and those types of things. Um, and it's probably my personality too. I, my wife tells me I have a lightning rod of a personality, right? So I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> you probably like me or don't, I, I guess, I don't know. But, um, and then the, the middle one was a defensive back and wide receiver. So he's a little bit different, but they, they also have a different mentality than a quarterback. So I don't know, my, my youngest is going to be probably different than those other two. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. I can't lie. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, in today's world, in the last five years with me, the media, with certainly with Twitter, um, oh, you know, I, I do know what I signed up for. I get it. But, um, Social media is ruthless uh, at the high school level, even, right? It doesn't even matter. Um, I, I get the the Ron Rivera's of the world or the guys that are at Tech or UVA when they're making four and $5 million a year. You know, I, I got to know it, you know, <laughs> we don't make anything, right? And, and so it gets a little personal. So you have to fight that. You have to fight that as a dad, but it is what it is. It's not going to go away. So, uh, do you, do it's, you feel it's fun, but it's, it's yeah. difficult. It's hard. Do you, do you feel like, and this is more like, is it an opportunity or do you have conversations where it's like, 
this is my dad hat. This is my, this is my coaching hat. This is like, cause I, I could see that being complicated, like trying to go between those different roles and like how you kind of center that with, with your kid, you know, I don't know. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, your one-stop shop for workshops, coaching, speaking, and soft skills development. If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.tfasoftskills.com for more information. Yeah, it's, it, it's tough, and I don't want to speak for everybody, and I don't want to say that people aren't telling the truth, mm-hmm. but it is difficult to just yeah. be a dad, the dad hat, and then the, because you do, uh, and can, and I fight it to bring family problems to the, you know, to school, right. you know, so because you're trying to discipline, you know, would I discipline him any different than I would a player, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're harder, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and then people think that I'm not, right, people think that it's daddy ball and all that type of stuff, but um the two oldest to this point have have proven you know their worth yeah, uh yeah. we'll see we'll see what the youngest one does but it's hard it, yeah. it's hard i don't i don't know that if i at the high school level i don't know oh, i recommend it again you know what i mean i don't know that i i it's great because i'm with them all the time but being the head coach yeah it's yeah. it's uh it's challenging it's different. what do it's, you yeah, think about just like because i my i don't know if you know, like my husband's dad was a coach um at mount vernon and so he grew up with a you know dad as a coach and you know he my husband played football and um his brother played football and um it was very much a part of their family but the there his dad was gone a lot like just in terms of like it's kind of that 24 mm. hour especially in season he also got his master's like Paul's mom will joke all the time, like she raised four kids pretty much, you know, by herself. But I, I think, you know, that 24 seven, like the, the job of like, and you said you're kind of always thinking about it anyway, like maybe you're not even fully in season, like, and, and I, I don't know if there's a real recipe for this, I guess, maybe since you've done it a long time and you've done it at different levels, like, is there anything that you've learned about trying to create some balance or is there anything that you or is it like you know what the truth is this type of profession since this podcast is a lot about what profession you have and what is it really like is Mm -hmm. it like you know what you're signing up for like it is all encompassing even even at the high school level it is a 20 you know you just Mm -hmm. kind of know that's what it's going to be or are there some like opportunities where you've learned over time okay i can kind of cheat here cheat there and I have a little bit more of a life where it's not, you know, where you're, you actually get to participate in your own life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so not a loaded question, but kind of, um, I, I'm now it's, it's with me all the time. Like I don't yeah. ever, I mean, yeah, like, but over the weekend, um, perfect example, we were coming home. I, I took yesterday off and I was like, <laughs> I was like twitching because we had a three o'clock workout and I barely made it at, you know, like three or five, we're just stretching and that type of stuff. So now I, I don't think until I, until I hang my whistle up, it'll be, you know, you're always going to think, and I didn't always think about this as the, well, let me, let me clarify that as yeah. the head coach. I think it, I don't think it, your mind ever stopped. I don't think it's ever shut off. Um, an assistant coach. Yeah. It's a lot cooler to be an assistant coach. <laughs> it's way more fun to be a coordinator or an assistant coach, uh, hands down. It's not even close, you know, in a school like this at a six, a school, uh, the demand, you know, to be, to be great is high. And I, I, that's why I took this job. There's only a couple of jobs I wanted to get if I wasn't going to be able to stay at that other school. And, uh, this was it. 
like you said when you made that comment before and i even said it with the boys like we knew what we signed up for yeah. some of it isn't you know great or fair you just gotta deal with it you gotta get thicker skin which isn't always easy but that's what it is it's what i signed up for you know if i don't want to do it anymore i could just turn my whistle in tomorrow but yeah um it never no but to answer like no it just doesn't stop as a head coach um i am fortunate that the boys are are playing college football so we still talk about you know that's non-stop and talk about it right yeah. so my poor wife like even the dogs a male like so all she has is testosterone <laughs> you know, she so. and i need to hang out because i have three yeah, boys i got so. my girl dog though so <laughs> yeah so, so that changed right um and i know luke so i know what he probably puts you through so and it must be the name right what my luke does yeah. so um, yeah. but not like it, it just, honestly, I, I think I'll be able to relax today. I don't, you know, I'm not the head guy anymore. I'm hoping to, but what you, is just, your, you, do, you just, you think about it. What is your favorite? Like if you could, what, what do you love the most about, about being a head coach? What is like, man, you get up that shower test. Like I'm, I'm ready to get at it today. What is it? Yeah. What do you, I love mean, about? I guess it's the excitement of, um, must a great question. Uh, I mean, Control is not the right word, but you control the time, you control the practice. You could like it's your vision. Basically, your it's my vision. Yeah. So right, I'm the director. Again, the, I, I look at it more as a general manager role. I had been an assistant at all levels, a coordinator both the collegiate level and the high school level on both sides of the ball. I just and I dabbled in it here and that type of stuff. And and some think I should, you know, they think I should have done more, but whatever. But I uh I just think kind of seeing everything run mm-hmm. is my vision from from how we dress what we look like to our locker room to what we say to what's you know our team first you know our slogans you know all that stuff to to how we feed the kids and they're fed all the time like all that type of stuff is just the vision and how we practice how we film stuff how they watch film you know down to our kids have notebook like just everything about it is more my vision and just me kind of running a program is the most exciting thing you know and seeing them grow like the, the, like you brought that up, that part, I mean, the wins and losses, who wouldn't want to win a state championship? I know the community. I know the outside wants it every, I get it. Um, and that's what we're striving for, but this is all high, high school football and it's, it's public high school football and <laughs> the neighborhoods, it's what you get in most ways. Right. So I think <laughs> on a side note, we have to kind of, you know, I don't know, curb our, our expectations a little bit on what we think is successful, right. you know, because successful is seeing the kid that you talked about grow in the weight room or grow that doesn't want to come to school or doesn't know where he's going to eat next to now feeling accomplished, confident as a young man when he leaves here. And that to me is more important to be, you know, to see that. And they may not see it now, right. But in five, 10 years when they come back or Mm -hmm. text you or whatever, like that's what it, that's what it's about. And that's what gets me up in the morning. You know, that type of stuff is what's cooler. And, and again, yes, state championships are awesome. I, yeah. I have three of them, but like, you know, I, I just. It's the journey, know, I, right? The journey. It's the is, journey. It's yeah. just a lot of it is encompassing as the head football coach. Um, I'm not talking about any other program, but there, this is a different animal onto its own when you talk about football, you know, so. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting you say that because I, I have a question about that, but I, I want it. Well, I'll ask you that first because you just set me up so well, but like. When I think about, and I was talking to Missy, you know, before we were joining, but there's obviously a lot of different sports in high school, you know, and football mm-hmm. is, seems to get a lot more support, both from a like fan base and also right. I think financial. And I know there's a ton of parent involvement and support to drive that. I'm curious, like as someone 
like in your position, like how, how, what are your thoughts on some of the other sports or, or like how can those sports maybe get more interest? Or do you think that's just sort of, it's like history. I don't even know how you, you know, it just, football is always well, a big program yeah. or pro- maybe it's where you live too, right? It's societal for sure. Absolutely. Your community, but football, you know, is, I think is still the biggest sport in America right now. So it's just one of those things. I mean, and where else do you get on at least five Friday nights, right? You're talking, and again, if it's a big night and that type of stuff, but you're talking three to 5,000 people in the community that show up, right? They don't, um, <laughs> they don't show up to your math class. You know what I mean? So they, uh, they're showing up to, it just is what it is. Like, and that's the hard part. That's what people get all upset about that aren't into it and into the sports and those types of things. But it's just the reality. And, and um, sometimes it's hard to to do that, but and we are also the most expensive sport, right? So, I mean, we cost the most and, and um, you know, we should raise the most money and, but no, I am for all sports. Like our, our female sport, like I, I think uh, if we are all successful, I think once football sets the tone, I think the rest of the school follows suit. You know, I think it becomes a different school when football doesn't set the tone as far as being terrible and doesn't bring the school and the community together. So, yeah, but I mean, my God, to have our, all of them though, men's basketball, men's basketball is a big one too now. Mm-hmm. Those are the two, right? But women's basketball, you know, volleyball, all that stuff, you know, it's it's awesome, you know, from our field hockey program to, to all that stuff in lacrosse. I mean, our girls lacrosse team. So like when you look at that, the success of the school, mm-hmm. I mean, the expectations here are still right big. Our soccer programs, like our women's soccer program, the men, it all goes together. But yes, football, for the lack of a better word, I mean, it's the cash cow, right? It's the mm-hmm. one that kind of makes all the money. And I think it's great as someone who, you know, and I, I don't want to be dramatic, but like as someone who has a fair amount of influence, given that yours is the biggest sport, like to, to be supportive, to talk about the programs that it's sort of in its totality, you know, it's like the athletics program for the school. And I think, yeah. you know, you, you supporting that is like, is important, I would think, to, to help kind of drive that interest and also just participation yeah and uh you know i learned quickly um and uh i'm, I'm not i'm not trying to find i'm just laughing at myself yes. like you when you see the influence you have or maybe if you pay attention to it, because i as, as we are uh look I'm, I'm a football coach i'm not curing cancer right so but we're so we're kind of we're kind of neanderthals in ways and <laughs> locked into how we are but you know, I, I upset the cheerleading program and I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't even like think about it, but it, it wasn't like I went in there and said, get it. It wasn't anything like that. It was just kind of one of those things where, you know, you just as the football coach have to pay attention to everything and have to understand, um, you know, what's going on. Uh, and, and, uh, I learned from it, you know, and again, I was ready or thought I was right. And, and I got the head job in 2019 but you don't know what you're doing. Like you don't, even all these years at the collegiate level and, and all that stuff. I just found I was 12 years in the one in the CFL and 11 in college and now almost 18 in high school. And you don't know what you're like, you know what I mean? When you get this job, you think you know what you're doing and that, but you're, you just have to pay attention to, to what you say, what you do and all those types of things. And you don't know, you don't realize that till you get in it, yeah. you know, and then you realize the impact that you have in the school and you realize the impact that you have on other sports. Would you, you know. say that was maybe the biggest surprise between like if it's something you wanted and you you know pursued it, it's still it's still close enough in the rearview window that you could say like what you thought it would be, what your expectations were versus kind of what the reality of the role is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because being an introvert, which 
Yeah. You know, I'm talking to you and, and Missy can laugh because you know, like I, but I tell you, trusting people at this position is hard though. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to get near and close to people, but you have to be a little bit more extroverted than typically what is even in my DNA. Yeah. Um, then, you know, maybe just, just being, um, you know, in, in my profession, meaning just being a PE teacher where, you know, you're not coaching right now. Um, you have to be more cognizant of, of, you know, what you're doing, what the impact you have on the school, yeah. you know, so I think that's, I mean, I just think I was probably a little naive right there that, Hey, I can just coach ball and go do this and do that. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way anymore. It just doesn't with the access and social media. Like it just, you know, you're it on, does, it you're on work. display. Yeah, much, you're pretty you much know? on display all the time. You know, it's so interesting, though, if I think about what you're talking about, it absolutely applies to other careers. And I think in the corporate space, too, of being like aware and intentional, because I think people generally dilute or minimize their impact. And when you start to think about yourself and the impact that you have and how, how you can eat whatever position you're in, like how you can use that to influence for, for good or for other, you know, and so being right. aware of it. And to your point of like, I don't know, like you've said a few times now, like things that you've learned along the way or that you're self-aware enough to know like, hey, this was something that I did and I, and I need to do it differently. Like as we get older, that gets harder. <laughs> So yeah, to be like, to be open to that and to say, you know, I'm still learning and I'm still curious and I still want to be better. I mean, I think that that's, that says a lot. And, and it's like how we all kind of continue to evolve and get better. One of the things I was thinking about as you were talking, because you have really high expectations and I, I'm curious if I don't even, this probably is inherent to you. So I don't know if you're able to, to describe it. The idea of that balance between high expectations and driving the best performance you can and being somewhat compassionate to an individual, like whether it's their circumstances, whether it's their physical abilities, like you, you may see something and they can't see it or they see it and they don't have it. I mean, you're dealing with so many different levels of like that kind of personal interpretation of what they can do you know, you have to be a hard ass, but there's got to be like some humanity, right? In order for them to follow you and to like, it can't just all be, I don't think dictatorship of like, you know, so how, how have you learned to, to balance that? Are you you good at that? Would you say that's Mm -hmm. an, you know, tell me like, you know, about, about that, just the balance of the humanity versus like expectations for high performance. And you ask tough questions. Missy was like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. Like, this will be so easy. She'll just keep talking, you know? So, um, no, I, I think, um, so we have a thing in, in, on the offensive side and the defensive side, we call it self-scouting, right? So you said self-awareness. Mm. So it's the same thing. So what you do is you go back the last three or four games and it's like, oh, you guys have done this, this, and this. Everyone can see that if you get in this formation, you do this, you know, you have to adjust. Well, it's the same thing. Um, no, because I, <laughs> I think if you ask the kids that, yes, they would say that I'm, I, I, again, I guess you probably have to ask them. Right. But I would think that you would think that they would say, yes, I'm tough mm-hmm. at, at first. And then it may depend on the kid, right. That says, yeah, he's compassionate. That's stuff. stuff. Like my door, you know, I'm, I'm in my office and my door is always open. The kids, and I, we don't have as much recently, but we, we, there's food in here all the time. These kids are always welcome. They eat lunch in here, right? There's always something around it. So I try to make them feel like I'm a human because last year that was one of my kids, but they were like, oh man, Coach Shields was so weird. I saw you driving. 
you know, and I'm like, well, I'm not a robot. Like I didn't fly here. You know? I didn't just hover here. Like I, they're like, yeah, it was just so weird to see you drive. I'm like, I hear you. But you know what I mean? So they see me yeah. on the ride on a different level. So it is a tough balance and I'm not always great with it because um, I am all gas, no brakes. I kind of have a, you know, my wife calls me like the non-negotiator, like, cause I'm just trying to solve problems all the time. Right. So I'm like, if we're doing this and you're doing this correctly, we're okay. You know, cause again, trying to strive for excellence. I don't know what I would grade myself. Um, I'm sure I could always be better on the human side. Um, but I do tell them I love them every day. You know, we make sure that we, we give a head coach or you know, the coaches, we, it's a, a fist bump or a handshake. You know, there's always something there. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean every kid maybe hears that after you've, yeah. you know, and again, obviously the rule is always, you're going to grab that kid and tell them why you yelled at him and all that stuff. We're not going to let kids leave the field. Right. And that's standard, standard operator. That's nothing new in the coaching world. Um, but you know, are we perfect at that all the time? No, but you know, we're going to, I asked those guys, myself included to put your arm around them, you know, and make sure that if you're going to yell at them running across the field, you better make sure you love them up and hug them for the same thing when they do it well. Right. To the point where you're, you might even be obnoxious with it, but that's okay. Right. Yeah. Cause you were pretty hard on them when, you know, you were, you know, saying some of the things that we said. So. I think, no, I mean, that that's a, it's not an easy question, and I think as parents, you you walk that line. Like you know, all of us as parents that have kids, you, you're sort of trying to drive the things that you want for your kids and give them some space to figure it out themselves. And you yeah. know, you don't want to. I've, I'm not one that's like I want to be my kid's best friend, but but if they're in trouble, you want them to be able to come talk to you. And um, it's right. funny, my dad was like a kind of an intimidating figure, and you know, it wasn't this. <laughs> wasn't the most like softest upbringing. And that has prepared me in ways to be able to interact mm. with anybody. And to so the things that are harsh or may seem difficult to your point, when you said like in five years from now, some light bulbs might go off and they're like, oh, yeah. I get it now, you know? So it's, it's yeah. not an easy thing, but I think if you, I love the dynamic of like, you gotta have both. Like you can't, if it's all one thing then you might lose them. Um, what about from your, when you talk about development of your coaches, like so for, for people that are listening to this, that want to be coached, that, that are sort of just starting out or maybe interested in, in the coaching profession at, at the high school or even now collegiate level, what do you feel like developmentally you're seeing that, that you think would be good advice for people that are pursuing that path? You know, what, what are some of the things they should be working on or what are the, maybe some of the gaps that you're seeing? Teresa's new book, Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way, is out and available on Amazon. She writes about many epic fails throughout her career and how she learned from them so you don't have to. This book is full of cheat codes for how you can differentiate yourself when it matters, like in interviews, trying to get a promotion, or being a first-time leader. As always, thank you, Relatable Community. We are so grateful for your support and continued listenership. As of today... We are 8,000 listeners and 15 countries strong. Now back to the show. Well, I mean, I, I, be teachers first and foremost. Like if we're just talking like mm -hmm. talking football, right? Talking shop, be good teachers, be mm -hmm. prepared. And all you have to do is stay one day ahead of the kids. Even if you don't know what you're talking about, just stay one day ahead of them. Be prepared. Because here are the people that you can't lie to. You cannot lie to the kids. Ask every so kid that you true. want to, and they may not. And there's, like I said, my life, there's, if you got 10 of them, five would say, that oh, I can't stand shields. Five would probably say they like me, whatever. But 
you know, as long as they can say, well, he's fair and he does teach us this and he teaches us that, those types of things. Like that's what those kids have to come back because they'll know who the friends are, the clowns are, and they'll know who the guys that demand the most out of them. You just, that is the generation isn't the right, word, but that's the age group that is extremely difficult to lie to if you're a mess, you know? So I would tell those young guys or young women trying to coach, because we now have, you know, yeah. obviously there's women in football and that type of stuff. Like be a good teacher first, like teach, teach, know your, know what you're doing, know what you're talking about, know your drills, go out there prepared. Um, don't be unprepared because they see right through it. And it's hard to come back from being a clown out there. Like it's difficult because it's a little bit like, you know, you need to be the alpha male of your group. Right. It's like the dog, it's like a dog in the pack. Right. Like they, if like my dog, you know, sees me as the, the, the leader in the alpha male, but with the boys, he's just, he doesn't listen to them. They tell him to come here. They don't listen to him. Right. Because they were clowning around with them. They were the one letting him, you know, get on the couch when he wasn't allowed to, you know, all that type of stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's a little bit like that with the young coaches. They, they, there's lines crossed because they get, they're younger. They're, they they want to be the cool guy and stuff like that. But you know, you can't do that. Not in today's world, but you got to be great about teaching. Be a great teacher. Even if you're not, I don't care if you work for UPS, you know, and you're right. a coach now, know what you're doing. Um, stay ahead. Just stay one day ahead. It's okay. If, if you're a coordinator, you probably got to be a few more days ahead, mm -hmm. but if you're just, if you're an assistant coach, you're trying to help out, you're doing that stuff. Um, and certainly if you get into football, be willing to grind. Like this is not a, it's just not a youth league thing at the high school level at, at these big schools, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not saying that's not at a small school. I'm just saying like in Fairfax County, we're all big and the expectation is pretty high at most of these schools. So do you guys, you know, I know on the freshman team, you don't cut, right? I know that like anybody we don't cut at the, they cut before, I think even years before the you know, we don't cut on either level. And so that was, that was my next question. I wasn't sure after your freshman year. So if, if you don't cut, I mean, JV, after your freshman, you, you sort of move up to JV, but then obviously not everybody makes varsity, right? I mean, or do that. Yeah, right? I mean, it's it's about playing time. So yes, I mean, you can you can dress on a Friday night, but you don't, you may not play. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. How, how much now that maybe you're somewhat removed, I don't know, as a head coach, like how hard is it? Uh, just, and we don't, I'm not going to talk specifics about it, but like figuring that out in terms of playing time, who, kind of who's in, who's out, like managing all that energy, <laughs> Not so much even external. I'm talking like within the team of like people thinking they worked their ass off that week and then it not, you know, ultimately giving them the outcome that they're looking for. Like just the constant balance of, of like expectation to play, putting in that hard work. How, how do you, and there may be not be a simple answer to that. I, I don't know. There's not. That's, that's a, that's the, is that the probably million dollar question. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's extremely difficult um, yeah. because, uh, you know, I ask myself included, I ask our coaches that a kid should never know uh, or not know where he stands, mm -hmm. um, meaning what level you're playing, where you're playing, how much you're going to play. It has happened. I'm sure I'm guilty of it too. Um, but it, uh, it's, this is not easy. Yeah, it's, that... it's not an easy answer and it's not an easy, it's ongoing. It's, it's daily, uh, hourly at times, but just, yeah, that's, how, that's extremely difficult. How often do you have kids? And this is kind of where it's going to, dovetail nicely to the, what I want to talk to you a little bit on the soft skills front, but how often do you have kids that will come to you one-on-one, -on -one, just sit down with you and say either I'm trying to do X and I know it's not showing up that way, or, Hey, what, what do you see that I need to be doing? Um, like, is that, 
a thing of the past or do you are kids better at that than we think you know i in my world of like seeing how kids are i feel like you're you know they're they're chicken like they won't do it they don't have the soft skills to do it they're not comfortable doing it or they just aren't you know it's too intimidating whatever the scenario is like do you have kids that will approach you about that you know probably not enough in the in the you know social or your coaches i should say too yeah. yeah, I mean, to me, I, like I, I ask them all the time that, you know, and, and uh, we speak of a chain of command mm. um, that they need to speak to. Like, I should be the last one, unless it's a crazy problem that right. whatever, whatever right. said problem is that is affecting the entire team or going to affect this person in school or out of school or whatever has happened, right? Yeah. You know, they got in trouble in the community, you know, whatever it may be. That's, that's not the wide receiver's job to worry about if a kid got, you know what I mean? Something yeah. that's really bad. But playing time um, should always go through the coach, their position coach, and those types of things. And sometimes they don't always do it right either, and that's that's my job. It does all fall on me, and I am the one that ends up in the meet, you know, in the mm-hmm. the parent meetings or or the AD meeting, you know, that type of stuff. Um, so uh, is your, you try to minimize that, but you have a hundred football or thereabouts or over north of fifty on the varsity level, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, and you know it's it's hard. You're going to continuously make mistakes. I mean, because the kids the way they communicate anymore is extremely difficult, you know, and that type of stuff. Um, or sometimes the adults, we're not perfect at it either. Coaches aren't perfect at it either. Right. So, yeah. um, you, it's a combination like that is fluid. That's as fluid as it gets as far as, well, will a kid come up and talk to you even though literally that practice you said, look, here's the chain of command. I mean, they know it. I mean, certainly the older, like do this, this, and this coach shields. Why am I not playing? You know? So it's like, they don't even, they go right to me, you know, and I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, so, it's uh okay it's one of the right it's one of those types of things so so the advice <laughs> is go go to your player coach like go to your your coach yeah, of the, your the advice is you you go to your coach first and then yeah. kind of a coordinator you know and that and the coordinator might be their coach so they can kind of kill two birds one stone mm-hmm. and then and then it's me you know if it's if it's certainly a playing problem and those types of things yeah um you know we've had to address other things but that is more for me not a position coach yeah one of the things that I, I absolutely, before we leave, is I just want to thank you for the opportunity to work with your team. Um, I think we've oh, yeah. we've done it three years now. Um, mm-hmm. And just to give people a little bit of context, um, I think they know by now if they listen to this program regularly that, you know, I'm very obsessed about soft skills development and trying to help people really at any stage of their career or life um, develop these skills. But particularly, I love working with kids and I love working with um, what I consider to kind of be our future talent and future leaders. And how do we start Mm -hmm. to get them to even think about this stuff in a way that like means something? And how does it mean something to them? And I think in terms of working with you and your team, you know, what's so exciting is there's this very concrete way to talk about it that means something to them so in terms of sport in terms of performance and how does it affect you personally as a player but the team and and you've been such a great supporter of that I think what I'd be interested in because you sat in each session which I really appreciate from a soft skills perspective and and sort of the impact on team or as you see these kids grow up like what's your perspective on how important it is and what do you think they're getting out of some of these workshops that's been helpful uh, to you. It, it is. Uh, first of all, thank you. You beat me to the punch before we're going to leave. Yeah. I was going to say thanks. I love it. So, I mean, Missy's got to be there, which is tough. But um, I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Um, I love that we do it. Uh, anytime you can get, you know, young men, and still a lot of them are boys, right? That they get, they're so afraid of being embarrassed and all that type of stuff, right? And then when I'm in there with you and they're screaming and yelling and all kinds of stuff, right? They don't. 
they don't particularly, you know, because when, when we're on the football field, it's just a different, it's a different yeah. animal, right? Because I mean, who, who truthfully loves to run into people or get run into, right? So they don't, you know, they kind of got to be this tough guy and all that type of stuff when they're with you. And again, it is it is ongoing with social skills. You call them soft skills, right? Yeah. But all the, like, we, we just had it with a young kid, one of the younger players walk up to me and another coach and just walked in while we were talking. So we were, and I'm like, okay. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, go back outside, knock on the door, and then we'll say, who is it? And let's just say, it's me. Hey, it's John Shields. Hey, John, come on in. You know, hey, good afternoon. You know, trying to make them look you in the eye because, you know, you you kind of, it's like feast or famine with them, right? They're so brazen where they'll just kick the door, you know, and want to talk to you and say, they can say anything to you, right? A lot of the kids aren't afraid to say anything. Or as opposed to the kid that you're really trying to get something out of and yeah. he, he doesn't look at you, it's easier to text you. He He's in his phone the whole time, like he won't get his head up. So those types of things that you do, and certainly for, for our players, I mean, it's crazy good for them. Anytime you can have another adult, because we say it all the time, but when another adult says it, um, and the way you run it, I just think, I think these guys need so many opportunities to be able to have someone in front of them say, Hey man, like you're not even looking me in the eye. Like here's a simple handshake, Like we don't even know how to handshake at times, which I guess I guess going away. Fine. You can dap me up as a car, right? You can knuckles yeah. me and then at least look at me Yeah. or walk by, they'll walk by and not say good morning, you know? So I am awesome at finding ways to you know all about um, well and the other yeah, thing embarrassing that I, young i mean that's just not in a bad way but i'm just saying how you you just get them to try to open the world and i think relationships right yeah, like that mm -hmm. yeah. yeah like being able to connect human to human and have a relationship with somebody like you as someone who's leading this program if i'm a player i am disadvantaged if i don't at least try to be able to look at you and say hey coach like Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to know you, you're human and any coach is going to know, notice a kid that can look him in the eye and that can present an air of like, I, I care about what we're doing here. And it's important like that just, yeah. you know, and that's an, that's like not a skill thing. That's not like a on the field capability thing. That's a something that you can develop as a human that can help you out. The other thing I think that I've seen as we've done the workshops that I think is really cool is that they are making these sort of connections between how they appear body language, yeah, yeah. you know, to other teams and that it is and how they communicate with one another, whether it's nonverbal or verbal and how that mm. translates to, to like winning or losing. I mean, it, it's pretty direct correlation um, and to start planning to see. Yeah. Right. It's huge. Can you address palms up for me? I don't know. Last year, I don't think you did. No. I don't know if you did you. But when you talk to them about it, you should do something with a palms up thing because that is just forbidden here. But they still, I, I, you know, when you do that, you show everybody, you know, what I'm talking about their palms yes. up. They just, they, you're showing everybody up, you're out on the field and they're like, I don't have the call. All right. So it looks panicked to the other guys because I've coached against so many teams. I'm like, look, they're totally confused. Snap the ball or they don't know what they're doing, you know, like that type of stuff. So palms up is a, is a no, no here. Oh, that's <laughs> and, good to know. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. Just talk about body language and that type of stuff. Because, I mean, they, they truly are trying to show you up like you don't know what you're doing when it's an insecurity that they don't know what they're doing. You know, so you just don't. And, uh, you know, the lip smack that goes right to and then the palms up, right? Or whatever. Bruh is the new thing right now, right? Bruh. So we, <laughs> you know, we address those things because it isn't just like you said, the body language and all that type of stuff. It is their speaking skills because they talk and they text the way they talk, right? So it is, um, there's just lots of- <laughs> We're bordering on another language at this point. Like yeah, I really, yeah. in my house, I'm like, what 
language yeah. are you speaking? Because it's not English. <laughs> and I'm not, yeah, I, unfortunately, I just don't have, I don't have a female perspective. So I'm constantly around males. Yeah. So that's all I deal with in trying to get them to be able to, you know, when I tell them when they leave, um, their football careers are all very short, right? So their body language, like you talked about, their communication yeah. skills, they have to, they have to change at some point. At some point, you got to grow up to where you can at least look another guy or person in the eye and say something to them, you know, yeah. so. All right, you, um, you've been such a yeah. trooper, and I just have two more questions. One, and it keeps sure. coming back to me, so I have to ask it, because I think football is unique in this way. Maybe it's all team sports, but the, the chemistry component and how you, and you alluded to that earlier when we were talking, like, mm -hmm. how do you create, <laughs> it's, you're going to be like, really? But how do you create chemistry? And is it, I suspect it is like there is intentional steps that you make that help to mm -hmm. continually build and create that chemistry. Because I think it's sort of unparalleled that brotherhood and the idea of like, we are in it together. And I don't, I think you listened, or I don't know if you did, but when I talked to Jimmy Santa Bria and my husband, they both are cancer survivors and they both talked to me mm -hmm. about football and how football for them crazy, like high school football for Paul. I don't, you know, Jimmy played later, but how it, it was so ingrained in in the idea of like fighting and you're mm -hmm. sort of at that threshold of breaking but you you don't think something you think you can't do but you do and they both of them said i mean it's crazy to me that like 43 30 years later they're able to pull on that mm -hmm. to drive through something so when you're creating that chemistry is it chemistry through hardship is it chemistry through like you were talking about the weight room and kind of early i mean i've got a freshman coming in he's starting to lift and he's going to play and and i can see it you know he he's loving going he's like you know so there's something about how you start to build that that i think other people could take what you say and apply it to business or into other aspects of you know careers mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, I don't think it's anything earth shattering for anybody in the business world or anything like that. But I do equate everything to football because of the yeah, team aspect. Right? Sure. Um, chemistry is the most underrated thing that can go on, certainly for a football team. Um, no other sport do you have to try to get 11 people doing the same thing at the same time and doing it correctly with the same passion, the same effort, right? The same everything, enthusiasm and knowing what to do, right? It does start, the, the weight room has been huge. We do other little things. We have, what's the the icy guy came out? He oh, drove the out. The Kona, yeah, Kona, whatever that guy. And some of that type of stuff. Um, it's gotten so expensive. We used to go bowling and do different things like that. But it's, it, 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 some of that stuff is hard. But the, the friendships, you know, we have a bond after we eat. We eat every Thursday night, right? I mean, Missy can talk to you about that. And then we go and talk as a team. We let kids speak. We let the coaches speak and tell their story. You know, so there's always, you know, and I've done that in college and it, it, it gets, it's hard for, I mean, I'm an emotional wreck. I cry at commercials now. The older I've gotten, I don't know what's happened to me. Oh, it's I'm all of us. I'm like, anybody who, who know, you know, I'm like the dick for meal of high school people who know that is like, I cry all the time. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like this big tough guy, but I'm really not. Um, and the chemistry side of things is what's huge. And, and each class is different. It's extremely hard. Senior classes are important. The kids that have come through and those types of things. This senior class that just left was tremendous. It was the first freshman class when I was here. Yeah. Um, but they went through COVID and that type of stuff. But they were the the closest class because the other classes had to stay away from each other, you know, yeah. for so long, right? But, but it is. I, I don't know. It, it does naturally happen. You can do the kumbaya stuff and sit around a campfire. Like, there's different things, right? But football's natural bond is just due to its toughness right so that's what those guys your husband and that's what jimmy were going back to 
um, because the discipline is real in football. Um, I always tell all our other kids, and I love three-sport athletes, like, I, I mean, where else would you want, like, a wide receiver at Chantilly trying to win the game on the free throw line, right? Like those types of things. Yeah. And I was sharing with them, like, it's, it's not going to make you make that free throw, meaning the, that your skill is that good or not. But the toughness and the mental toughness of football will make you a better basketball player, if that makes sense. Not not skill and baseball, right? Those kids that baseball is yeah. a sport of failure, and it's so hard. I mean, who wants to sit there and strike out? Then you got to wait nine more, right, or eight more, about, you know, it, bat around and, like, or you make a, a mistake in the field. You know, if you just only play some of those sports and don't have, you know, yes, I'm biased and bragging on football. I just, again, it doesn't necessarily make you hit the baseball. It doesn't. I'm not saying that. But it's going to mentally push you through some of those tougher things. And football is life. Like, I don't care what you say and the hardships and the things that we've done. Because you have to be able to work with people that you don't like. You got to work with people that don't look like you, don't have the same religion, creed, background, whatever. Um, yeah. And you got to find a way to work. And why is that any different than Google, right? Or, or Apple or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, North Carolina, any of those places that, right? Like why? Yeah. And that's what Jimmy and your husband, I mean, that's just what you're talking about. Anyway, so chemistry for us yeah. has got to start right away. It's the most underrated. Like it is so important. Yeah. It's everything. Because you, you're not going to be always talented. We've had more talented teams here that should have gone further and didn't, and then vice versa. So, and that too, to me, there's something about the investment of time that you <clears throat> and your coaches make, that the kids make, in terms of showing up to the meals, staying at. There's something about that too that's like an expectation of football that I don't know if it translates to other sports as much. It's like there's mm. a there's a commitment people they're making to play and they know what they're, I mean, it's pretty clear what they're signing up for, but I do think that yeah. extra investment of time also creates that connection and chemistry. Like if you're not constantly seeing each other and being together, whether it's through service or through playing or through, right, doing all right. those things. Okay, last one is just about when you think about young John and you've been through some life experiences now. So when you think about young John, maybe like, 20 25 year old john and you are where you are now any advice that you'd give him to make the path a little bit easier any kind of big aha moments that you're like yeah if i had known this maybe it would have helped me a bit don't get into coaching <laughs> <laughs> not true uh, not, not true. true uh i don't know i mean i don't know once i got a taste of of my internships and doing that type of stuff. I've always loved sports, so I've always kind of wanted to be around it. Um, I don't, yeah, probably younger. Listen more, you know. Calm down. <laughs> listen. Take more notes. You know those types of things. Um, uh, seriously, that's probably the best advice yeah. I could give myself is is to is to listen more. Don't you know? Don't sit back in the back of the room with all the answers when I haven't experienced it. You know. Um, and, and there's a difference between cockiness, right, and confidence, and, and I think I borderline on some of that as a young younger coach and younger guy, you know, where I think you should just listen. Listen to the older guys who've been wiser and been through it. I think I would tell myself that for sure. Yeah. Be a better listener. One thing I didn't ask you, I can't believe I didn't ask you this, what sports did you play growing so up? So I played, growing up, it was the three standard, baseball, basketball, and uh, football, but then I got cut. <laughs> from the baseball team my junior year after jv they didn't keep anybody on after that so in pennsylvania you could throw the javelin so i joined the track because i was a quarterback so i ended up throwing the javelin becoming an all-region throwing the javelin so because my dad's like you're not coming home <laughs> after school so right there's only a couple things to do after school so um i threw the javelin and then i went to prep school 
place called Fort Union Military Academy, which changed my life, gave me my life basically. Um, and then Virginia Tech from there. So wow. And, you know, I I went as a quarterback lettered. I didn't play. I lettered on special teams at Virginia Tech. So it wasn't like I was some great player. But um, Still. you know, I got to play for Coach Beamer and uh, you know, so it was cool. Dude, was, we're was, we're gonna have to have another conversation here all about that. <laughs> like I said, everybody's got a story, right? Yeah, yeah. I really so appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's been Thank great. You so much. And I can't wait to see you in August. We're already prepping for it. So Yeah, did you uh, talk to Brian? Yeah. Talk to Columbia? Yeah, we'll get okay. we'll get it on the schedule. Um but I uh, I wish you the best going well, into next season. It. We're all rooting for you and just thank you and your team for, you know, all the investment that you're making and and a huge thank you to all the kids too, you know, because they oh, yeah. they uh, provide a lot of um, entertainment for us on Friday nights. So <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much, John, for joining me on the Relatable Podcast. A few things that stood out. The importance of being role model for athletes, staying one step ahead of the kids. You can't lie to them. We all know they can sniff it out. (laughs) The reality of being a head coach is you never stop thinking about the sport, the athletes, or the game. The importance of kids learning to be self-aware and learning about body language and the importance of how that can impact what happens on the field. Thank you to Missy for producing this episode and Hannah for your support. A big thank you to our Relatable community. We continue to grow our audience and appreciate all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe either on YouTube or your favorite streaming platform. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, and you can find more information about Relatable and our sponsor by visiting www.tfasoftskills.com. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.